Hello, you're listening to Repent and Believe Podcast with Cynthia Smalls, founder of Back to God Ministries. Welcome, my friends. Here, we talk about and teach the message of Jesus Christ, the only one who can claim the title of Savior of the world. We also discuss all things repentance and belief in Jesus Christ and how all these things tie into living a lifestyle where our deeds are manifested and fashioned in God so that we may be molded by the Father into vessels to be used for His glory. Amen? Amen. Okay, so let's get started. Hello everyone, this is Cynthia Smalls. We're back to God Ministries. How is everyone doing today? I pray that all is well in your lives, that you are walking by faith and not by sight. You are not giving up on the Lord Jesus Christ because he is coming back for us. And so in between time, we are going to live holy and righteously because he is looking for his church to get their act together. Amen. Amen. Okay. I want to talk about sin. Yep. Yes, I do. I want to talk about how we can and should stop sinning. Now, if we look at what Jesus said to the adulterous woman who was caught in her sin, because you see in the command that he told her to go and sin no more, in that statement was built in forgiveness as well as the implication and the expectation for her to sin no more. Okay, so the question on the floor today is, what did Jesus say, go and sin no more? If that's possible, okay, is it possible for us to go and sin no more? So let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your word. I thank you for wisdom. And Father, I love your people just as much as you love them. And so with this lesson today, I ask that you bless it. I ask that you give us clarity and understanding of the scriptures. And I pray that the Holy Spirit will open my mind and give me the boldness to speak the truth of your word. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Okay, so let's jump right into this. What did Jesus really mean when he said in John 8, 11, Jesus commands an adulterous woman to go and sin no more. Why would he say this? If it, was, if it were impossible to stop sinning. Because you see, people who want to stay stuck in their sins, okay, they would tell you in a heartbeat, oh, it's impossible to stop sinning. No, Jesus really didn't mean that because he knows that after all, we are human and that we will slip up and that it is not our fault if we fall back into sin. And Jesus probably is looking at that response like, are you kidding me? After all what I did at the cross, I died for your sins. 
and you have the and you have the audacity to tell me that it is impossible to stop sinning when in fact I died for you because you see let us stroll down memory lane real quick just to bring everybody up to speed on what had happened at the cross because at the cross is where is where Jesus dealt with sin and he dealt with death okay so we all know what happened in the garden of eden right god gave the command to adam that he is him and eve is free to eat among all of the trees in the garden except for that one tree the tree that was in the middle of the garden the tree of the knowledge of good and evil because god did say that the day that you eat of that tree you will surely die and so the command was given to adam and then adam in turn gave the command to eve and we saw in the book of genesis okay let's go over here real quick to find out what was the lie the first lie ever told to a human being and what happened okay so like i said we know that god told adam okay look listen do not eat from any um no you can eat from any of these trees except for that one because the day that you eat of it you will surely die okay everybody was on page with that no one had a question about that life in the garden was good okay until one day here come that serpent okay and we know that serpent to be the devil satan the father of lies jesus says that he has been lying from the beginning okay so we see in genesis 3 that the serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals that the lord god had made one day he asked the woman did god really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden verse 2 of genesis 3 eve okay of course we may eat um we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden the woman replied first of all was she even doing talking to the devil okay so anyway verse 3 it's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are that we are not allowed to eat god said you must not eat it or even touch it that little part right there about not touching it god didn't say that part okay he said don't eat from it he ain't say nothing about not touching it and of course that crafty serpent going to spring into action because you see that is how we back the devil up just like Jesus showed us when he was being tempted um in the wilderness he said it is written you know god said and that's how we get satan that's how we back him up right off of us and so she was doing good aside from that part about not touching it cuz when she said when she said god said you must not eat of it or even touch it if you do you will die 
verse 4. And this is the first lie ever told to a human being. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. Verse 5, God knows that your eyes will be open as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God's, knowing both good and evil. Okay, and verse 6 says, okay, the woman was convinced. That's all it took. That's all it took. And then, okay, so, right, so we saw what happened. They, and she gave some to Adam, gave him a bite of it. And once he partook of the fruit, that is when sin entered into the world. Okay. And so we see down here in verse eight of Genesis three that, no, no, let me, no, let me go back up here. Okay. Right. So after she gave it to Adam, verse six, right. The woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful. And its fruit looked delicious, and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her. Okay, could you see? Adam should have stepped in at that point and be like, uh-uh, move away. Nothing to see here, serpent, right? But no, that didn't happen. Um, and it says, then she gave some to her husband who was with her. And he ate it too, verse 7, at that moment, okay? Because you see, nothing happened until Adam uh, partook of that fruit. And verse 7 tells us that at that moment. Because you see, if, if you back up a sentence before, then she gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it too, and what is the very next thing that the Bible says what happened? At that moment, their eyes were open and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves, right? Okay, verse 8. Uh-oh, uh-oh, here we go. Because the Lord God is finna come on the scene now, right? Verse 8 of Genesis 3. When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord God among the trees. Verse 9, then the Lord God called to the man. Because you see, he didn't call for Eve. He called for his son, Adam. Okay, he said, uh, verse 9, then the Lord God called to the man. Where are you? Verse 10, he replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. Okay, here's the Lord God. Verse 11, and this is what we call the Genesis question. Okay, verse 11, who told you? Who told you that you were naked? The Lord God asked, have you eaten from the tree? whose fruit I commanded you not to eat. Verse 12, okay. Here, here's um, Adam finna pass the buck, okay. He says, the man replied, it was the woman you gave me who gave me the fruit and I ate it. Verse 13, then the Lord God asked the woman, what have you done? And she goes, the serpent deceived me. So everybody just passing the buck, right? She replied, that's why I ate it. 
verse 14. Uh-huh. Then the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, you are cursed. More than all animals, domestic and wild, you will crawl on your belly, groveling in the dust as long as you live, and I will cause hostility, hostility, Enmity, okay, I'd rather say enmity, between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring, he will strike your head and you will strike his heel. Because you see right there, the gospel is being preached right there because God is letting Satan know, okay, coming through Eve, her offspring, okay, that's the Lord Jesus Christ. So when he comes on the scene, he's going to deal with you. So we see here in the Garden of Eden what happened. And so going forth from that point on, every person born through Adam is now born with this fallen uh, sin nature. Because we see, okay, if we want to go down a little more further, right, down to verse 17, of Genesis 3, and to the man, he said, because, you know, after he finished giving a, a, a Satan the business, he gave Eve the business now that she's going to have pain with giving birth and that and that she will desire, um, uh, it says, and you will desire to control your husband, but he will rule over you, okay? And then this is where he says in verse 17 to the man, since you listened to your wife and ate from the tree whose fruit I commanded you, okay, you, Adam, I told you not to eat. The ground is cursed because of you. All your life, you will struggle to scratch a living from it. It will grow thorns and thistles for you, though you will eat of its grains Verse 19, by the sweat of your brow, you, it says, will you have food to eat until you return to the ground from which you were made for you were made dust, um, for you were made from dust and to dust you will return. So that's how all of this sin mess started. Way back there with the first with our first parents, Adam and Eve. So fast forward through the annals of time, through our history. Finally, the Lord Jesus Christ comes on the scene. He goes to the cross, faced that horrific death at the hands of his own brethren, the Jews, and the Romans officials were more than happy to oblige in the crucifixion of it all. You know, and so Jesus died for the sins of the world, right? And when his blood was shed after that Roman soldier, after he already gave up his spirit, stabbed him with that spear, water and blood gushed out. And when that happened, his blood was sprinkled on the mercy seat of God in heaven and his sacrificial death appeased holy God's wrath against mankind. And so by Jesus making atonement for our sins, we are now reconciled back to the Father. But we still have that sin nature to contend with. And so when we believe in Jesus, 
on his finished works at the cross because see now without the shedding of blood there will be no remissions of sins and so now since that blood was shed we now have that gift that we can have our sins forgiven through the shed blood of jesus and once we repent of our sins because see repentance means to stop think, and turn. That means to make a conscious decision that you're not going to sin anymore, okay? No matter what the temptation is, no matter what this world throws at us, no matter what this flesh, okay, wants to crave and lust for, we shut it all down because we have changed our mind. It is a conscious turning of your mindset to say, you know what? No, I'm not doing that. I'm turning to God, okay? And through him and through the Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, I am going to walk this life out in holiness and in righteousness, okay? But fast forward to today's lesson about, you know, is it possible to stop sinning? Now, in light of what we just learned, okay, the gospel that Jesus died, he was buried, and he rose again out of the grave after three days, and he is alive, very much alive today, sitting at the right hand of God the Father in heaven, making intercessions for us, and from there, he will make his enemies his footstool. So until he comes, the fact that we still living in this flesh body, because we saw that because you see, God's intention was for man to live forever. That is why when he created Adam and he breathed his essence into him, Zoe life into Adam, his spirit, and that is why our spirit spirits are eternal. It will live forever. The fact that, you know, what choice we make inside of this body suit will determine where our spirits will spend eternity. Is it going to be in hell or is it going to be in heaven with God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ? So while we still walking around on planet Earth in this in this flesh body, it is a continuing war going on the inside. We have the flesh, which is that fallen sin nature. And now we have the spirit because once we say yes to the Lord Jesus Christ and we become born again, and when we truly lay down that sin lifestyle, guess what? Temptation is still going to come our way. You know, you know how when we was a little and we used to watch the Saturday morning cartoons and where you would see that little uh, devil on one shoulder and then you see the little angel on the other shoulder, you know, trying to get that person to do right. But then you have that little devilish little uh, uh, fallen angel, okay, telling him, no, do what you want. Do what feels good to you, right? So we too have that internal war going on because we see in the book of Romans in chapter 7, Paul was telling us about this struggle, right? Because he was saying that how he wants to do right, but he ended up doing the wrong that he don't want to do. Oh, wretched man am I. So we see that the flesh and the spirit are constantly in, in contention, 
with each other. There's always a war going on, right? And so that's the choice we have to make on a daily basis. So getting back to today's question, why did Jesus say, go and sin no more? Is that possible? No, is that impossible to go and sin no more? So like I was saying, in John 8, 11, when Jesus commanded the adulterous woman, go and sin no more, why would he say this if it were impossible to stop sinning? Okay, so many different explanations have been suggested. So let's see what the people say, okay, and what the the, the fake false pastor wolf is saying about why why or why not that it is impossible to stop sinning so okay some people some people say that Jesus meant it in the same way that a parent will tell their child to stop biting his fingernails hoping okay hoping that he'll stop but realistically uh-uh not expecting that he can just quit cold turkey, okay? So that's one opinion, uh, okay, about um, why it is impossible to stop sinning and whether or not Jesus really meant, meant it that way, okay? So the second school of thought is that other people are of the opinion that Jesus was being sarcastic, and told the woman to go and sin no more because he wanted to show up a bunch of Pharisees. I don't think that was it, okay? So it seems like everybody has an explanation for this verse, each one more elaborate and far-fetched than the last. Almost nobody has dared to look at the verse this way. Okay, what if, hello, okay, what if Jesus actually meant what he said? Duh, yeah, let me tell you something. Okay, Jesus and God the Father are the most, okay, okay, they are the, they are the most being that will intentionally say something and mean it. They are the most purposeful beings we can ever encounter, okay? Jesus doesn't just say something for the sake of saying it, okay? God does not command us to do or do not do something because he liked to hear himself talk. Absolutely not. So what does it mean to sin no more, okay? What if go and sin no more is actually a command okay not a suggestion because you see the whole premise for today's episode is all about because like I love to say the lion's den over there on Facebook okay okay and I am starting to actually enjoy when as the world say, people come for me in the comments, right? Because, you know, us messengers, you know, 
we come with boldness to let people know, hello, you are in danger of hell's fire. Just like how we were in danger of hell's fire, I'm trying to scream aloud to everybody, like, stop, move away from the edge of the cliff, come this way. Come this way back to God. Stop. Don't even look. Don't even breathe. Just walk slowly. Move forward. So I'm always screaming aloud. And through the grace of Jesus, who has given me this ministry of repentance, okay, to tell people to stop. You're going the wrong way. I am screaming aloud in the desert. Repent. Repent and believe. Come, come this way to God. And so I believe it was, I was reading, is it Matthew 5 11? Hold on, because Jesus kind of helped me out this morning when I was doing a quick little meditation. Hold on, let me see if my memory serves me well. Hold on. Yeah, look at that. Um, thank you, Holy Spirit. Matthew 5, 11, okay, is really going to help me out now, right? It says, God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. Verse 12, be happy about it. I was like, yeah, I mean, listen, I wasn't sweating it no way. You know, but it's good when our master, you know, give us these beautiful promises, scriptures and encouragement because it is a lion's den. Okay, because listen, I don't care what the fake Christian got to say about how much they love Jesus. Okay, when you bring in them sound doctrine and and exhortation and sometimes a straight rebuke and they fight against that, uh uh-uh. Something ain't right. Something that's not right. And so in verse 12 of Matthew 5, when Jesus said, you know what? Be happy about it. Matter of fact, be very glad for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember the ancient prophets, okay, were persecuted in the same way. Well, then that means I am in good company then, okay? Because exactly the the old the old testament prophets oh they killed just about all of them right cuz i think it was what, what was it in jeremiah i believe could have been ezekiel but i think it was jeremiah when um the prophet was telling god ain't no prophets left now i don't know if it was elijah one of them okay they were telling god ain't no prophets left <laughs> the people done killed them all why Because just like today in the 21st century, when we bring them the word from the Lord or we bringing them what the scriptures are saying, they kicking and fussing and wanting to string you alive, string you up. So, okay, I just wanted to, you know, let the kingdom warriors know that, you know what, don't give up, don't give in. Who cares what the haters of the of the word of God has to say, because they are doing us a favor. Okay, with them trying to be all evil and just say nasty things like, okay, I mean, (laughs) I get it all. I get called Satan. I get called the devil. 
I get cold, you know, I don't know what I'm talking about. Oh, I'm judging, I'm judging. No pressures. I'm I'm giving you the warning that Jesus said in his word about what you are doing. Okay, I'm not judging you. It's called a warning, but because they're stuck in their sins, okay, they just aut- automatically think somebody is judging them. No, I'm giving you a warning and sometimes a stern warning because you don't want to listen, okay? So, you know, just let them know. You know, instead of, you know, sometimes you have to go back and forth with them with scriptures, with it is written, it is written, it is written. You know what I mean? Because sometimes they just don't know, right? And um, the blessing of it all is that we can give glory to God when they go, you know what? You're right. You know, you're right. I repent. I'm sorry, sis. I'm like, listen, it's cool, you know, but I'm, I'm, I was just trying to, you know, let you know that Jesus said that that's a sin or, or no, that's a false doctrine that that pastor wolf of yours, you know what I'm saying? Was, you know, so I just go, you know, back and forth, you know, and then sometimes you, you just have to let them be. And so I decided what I would do is that if, when, when they, when, when they start with the outrageous talking about you ain't nothing but Satan, you, you are just a worker for the devil. I'm not even going to going back and forth with those kind of comments. I'm going to say it is written. And then I'm going to shoot them with Matthew 11, Matthew 11, no, Matthew 5, Matthew 5, 11 to 12. And then I'm going to say, thank you. You have just added to my reward account in heaven. Have a blessed day. You know what I mean? So, so, what was I talking about? You see how y'all do? You see how y'all be getting me off on these different tangents? Okay, so anyway, what does it mean to go and sin no more? Oh, right, yeah. Because I was saying that how people over there on Facebook in the comments love to kick and scream and talk about how, no, that is not possible. It is not possible to live a life and don't sin. Ah, well, so far, I'm doing it through grace with the Holy Spirit, like literally sitting my hips down, you know what I mean? And do not entertain temptations that come our way. So look, okay, and okay, yeah, here we go. What if, right, 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 that's what I was talking about. What if go and sin no more is actually, okay, actually a command to go and stop living in sin? Is that impossible? What did Jesus mean? After all, John writes that we are all liars if we say that we do not have sin. And we see that in 1 John 1, 8, okay? The verses in James 1, 14 to 15, give a good description of this sin that we all have, okay? It says, but each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, okay? That means, you know, that temptation and you doing it, okay? Something happened, as they say, between the sheets, you know, something got conceived. Okay. Back to the scripture. 
then when desire has conceived, it gives birth, okay, to what? Sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Okay, so James is showing us the progression of sin. Okay, because it's like, you know, you just going about your little holy life business, you know, trying to live right and do right in the sight of God. All of a sudden, a temptation rears its ugly head. Okay, now we can do either one or two things. We can be like flesh, have several seats. Okay, or we can entertain it, you know, start thinking about it. And the more we think about it, the more we think about it, the better it's starting to look. And next thing you know, you give in. And once you give in, that's the conception. Like in biology, when the sperm and the egg meet, okay, and there is no protection and there is no putting away of the lust and you all make it happen, guess what? Something is getting conceived. And likewise, he says that once that te- once that desire, okay, is, is acted upon, bam, a baby is born and it's called sin, okay? And guess what happened to little baby sin? It grows up, okay? It grows up and then what happened? It brings forth death because God did say the wages of sin is death. So sin, okay, dwells inside all of us, all of us. Why? Because we was born with that inherent sin nature from Adam. Now, I already told y'all what had happened back there in the garden, right? Okay, so, so we all have the propensity to sin. It is our own, okay? Can't blame this on the devil. It is our own desires that entice us because God don't tempt us, okay? Okay, he don't do that. So it is our own desires that entice us and tempt us. After all, that is also what John means when he writes that we have sin. Okay, we got it in us. But having sin in our body does not mean people, let me say it again. Okay. But having sin in our body does not mean we have to give into these temptations. Because you see, if you let the people over there on Facebook, if you let them tell it, okay, sin just takes control and you don't have a choice about it. Yes, we do. Oh, yes, we do. And that's the beauty of the cross. Because you see, when Jesus died, he dealt with sin. He dealt with the power that sin had over us. So no longer is sin our master. Jesus, glory be to God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. He's our master. Okay. He already dealt with it. So if you are saying, no, sin just takes over me. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm just, you know, this slave to sin. Then you are calling Jesus a liar. Especially if you saying that you are saved and your master went to the cross on the heels of a horrific death and you're going to tell him to his face, I can't help it. Sin just takes over me. 
Lord, you you better repent, okay? Because you are deceived. You better repent, okay? So now look, like I said, but having sin in our body does not mean we have to give into it. It is only, okay? It is only when the desire is conceived, because I told you, right? A good looking man come along, right? Ladies, good looking man come along, just your type, looking good, smelling good, and everything you like, but you live in righteous. You live in holy, right? And you're looking at that man because you know back in your sinner woman days, oh, you would have been all over that. But now you got to decide what you're going to do. Let him walk on by, ladies. Trust me. Let him keep moving. So it is only when the desire is conceived because you can look all day you want, but keep it moving and don't create lust scenes in, in your mind. None of that. You're like, okay, handsome brother, but then you keep it moving. But if you sit back and start mulling it over, start really checking him out and you go over there and approach him and y'all exchange numbers. Now, all of a sudden, all the, these little drive-bys are taking place and y'all, you right back in the vomit of it all. Uh-uh. Nope, it's not going to work out for you. So it is only when the desire is conceived that we have committed sin. Because you see, temptations come every day, probably every moment for some people, right? That's not sin, right? Sin comes into play when you act on those desires, okay? And when that conception takes place, bam, you have sinned right? So in other words, it is only when I agree with the thoughts and temptations that come up that I have sinned. Yeah, because you see, now I done acted upon it, right? So when Jesus says, go and sin no more, because you see, this is the whole essence of today's lesson. What did he really mean by that? Did he really expect for us to go and sin no more? Because after all, we ain't nothing but humans. We are um, of the dust and and therefore um, from the dust, we shall return back to the dust. And that how he knows our heart. He knows that we really don't want to do it. But, you know, sin just overtook us and we couldn't help ourselves. Absolutely not. So he said what he said and he mean what he said. So. So when Jesus says, go and sin and sin no more, he is not expecting that the woman, you know, the one that was caught in adultery, okay, he is not expecting that this woman is going to leave her sinful flesh at the door and never be tempted again. Because he know. listen, even though Jesus didn't have any sin in him whatsoever, but the fact that he was in this flesh body, because you see, Jesus is fully God. And when he walked on this earth, he was also fully man. He was in the body of flesh and bones and blood and teeth and fingernails and hair follicles and a beard, you know, and he put on clothes and he walked and he ate and he slept and he went to the bathroom. So yes, he was fully human. Okay. But the fact that he knew that he had an epic mission 
in his scope, the cross, right? And so even though that he still had his divine nature, you know, he didn't make himself of no reputation, okay? He let the works talk for, for, for themselves. The miracles, because obviously you have to be God. Amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. To do what he did, how is he able to feed on two occasions multitude, thousands of people from just a little small morsel of a, of a serving? You know, the fish and the loaves, you know what I mean? I mean, and he was able to multiply that. Not only did he multiply it and fed everybody, but there were baskets of the remnants left over. You know what I mean? So only God can do that. Only God could raise the dead. Nobody was raising the dead before Jesus came on the scene. Okay. No one was making blind people see. No one was casting out devils. No one were a healing. You know what I'm saying? People are blind, crippled, leprosy, and he healed them all. Okay. And Jesus didn't go around saying, I'm God, I'm God, but he did let, let the Pharisees know who he was. And then, and then they're going to trump him up on some bogus charges of blasphemy because he told them who he was. So anyway, like I was saying, Jesus walked on this planet earth, both God and both men and both man. So when he said to the woman, go and sin no more, right? He knew that she was going to be tempted again because he knows that we are in this flesh body. But he is telling her to say no to the sin because you see built in that statement of go and sin no more because um, when she was, you know, caught in adultery, you know, the Pharisees going to drag her to Jesus always to look into, you know, trip him up about any portion of the law. And so, and Jesus told them rightly, you know, you know, cast the first stone. If you all ain't got no sin, now I'm paraphrasing y'all. If you all ain't got no sin and y'all so righteous and holy, okay, let the first person cast the first stone. And what happened? They couldn't do it. So they all left, left the scene and it was just her and Jesus down there. And, and he says, woman, you know, I don't condemn you either. Go and sin no more. So in that, how many words is that? One, two, three, four, five. In those five words, go and sin no more. There was a built in forgiveness and grace in there. Also the implication and the expectation to go and sin no more in the face of future temptations. Okay, glory be to God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Right? And so, so he knew, because, because we still in his flesh body, that she was going to be tempted again. He was telling her to say no to the sin that dwells in her and stop the desire from being conceived. Because I can only imagine, okay, if she was caught in adultery, she must have been a good-looking woman, okay, to turn a man's head from uh, from her husband. No, wait, 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 hold on, hold on. She's a good looking woman, right? So obviously if she can turn the head of somebody else's husband and he falls for it and cheats on his wife with her, oh, she must've had it going on. And so with that, you know, being beautiful, 
and everything. And so Jesus knew that another man is going to come along and probably chat her up and she might want to give into it again. And so he was letting her know, okay, go and sin no more. And, and the, the implication in that as well is that, you know, uh, stop the desire from being conceived, meaning stop the temptation from becoming sin. So all of that in those five holy words that he said to her so much, so much that we could, we can milk from that. And, and we can see, we can see all kinds of life lessons in that. Right. And so isn't this the same command that he gives to the rest of us? Yep. Absolutely. Just like he told her to go and sin no more. And that, and that when the temptation rears his ugly head again, say no to it, shut it down because I have already forgiven you. So don't go back to the vomit. Don't even give it any consideration. Tell that flesh. No, we ain't doing that no more. That man is not my husband. That woman is not my wife. As a matter of fact, she belongs to somebody else. So I don't care how fine he looks. I don't care how sexy she's look, she looks. I ain't touching it. I'm not touching it. And so in just those five beautiful holy words, it's so much. It's so much that we can learn, for, um, learn from. And let me tell you. Anything that is in the Bible it is put in there on purpose. Thank you, Holy Spirit. It is put in there on purpose for our edification. So it's a reason out of all the incidents that took place that day, that story got recorded in there because, hey, no, hold on. I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm getting ahead of the lesson. Let me stick to the course, because you all know how I can go off on tangents, right? Okay, so look, the power of the cross, okay? Doesn't Jesus himself say, if anyone desires to come after me, let him what? Deny himself. That means no sin. I ain't doing it today. No temptation. Bye-bye right? So he's saying, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me because Jesus is letting us know we're going to be faced with temptation every day and we got choices to make. What we're going to do, conceive it, give into it, or are we going to pick up that cross and go follow him? And that cross he's talking about is denying this flesh. Amen. So, we see that in Luke 9, 23. What else? What else does Jesus mean then that we should deny the thoughts and desires that tempt and entice us? Okay. That we should take up, take up our cross and put these thoughts to death before, before they become sin. In this way, we follow Jesus' example in Hebrews 4.15. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all of them. He faced all of the same testings we do. Yet, yet, he did not sin. The Bible says, yet. 
He did not sin because look, because some could say, well, of course, Jesus didn't give in to sin. He was God walking on the earth. Now, uh-uh. Thank you, Holy Spirit. That is why we got Hebrews 4.15. And it let us know that, that it was referring to, to the man, the God man, the, the humanity that was in Jesus. Okay. That is how he put it away. Because no, you can't say, no, he cheated. Uh-uh. He was God operating in his, in his deity. That is why he was able to not give into sin. No, because Hebrews 4 15 says that this high, high priest of ours understands our weaknesses. And why did he understand it? Because the Bible says that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Okay. It became, Jesus became a human being. Walking on this earth, doing the same things we do, brushing our teeth, going to bed, waking up, uh, uh, eating every day, resting, working, walking around, laughing and crying and sweating and everything. Everything we do in this flesh, he was in the same flesh. Glory be to God. Okay. But guess what? Okay. This verse um, 15 of Hebrews 4 is letting us know in his humanity, this is where he did. Cause it says for he faced all the same testings. So, you know, people just want to see, you know, Jesus as holy God and nothing tempted him and nothing came his way. He didn't give it a second thought. No, 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 no. He was operating in his humanity when he was walking on the earth, right? Cause it says that he faced all, all means all all okay he was tempted by the opposite sex he was tempted to slap somebody in the face he was he was tempted to um not to pray and everything everything that we go through he went through it too amen and it says yet yet he did not sin so taking up our cross that's the key okay that's the key because if we do this if we never let these desires become sin then we are following jesus just as he commanded us to do then we are fulfilling the command and what is that command to go and sin no more romans 8 13 says for if you live according to the flesh you will die but if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Colossians 3, 5. Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanliness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. The Bible said, put it away. Galatians 5, 24 says, and those who are Christ, Christ's have crucified, crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Okay. So it is clear, crystal clear that in order to be Christ's, we need capital letters. We need to do exactly this. What John 14, 15 says, 
if you love me, keep my commandments. Because see, Jesus didn't pull no punches, y'all. Look, listen, he wasn't like the fake phony pastor at these apostate, seeker-friendly, worldly, carnal churches that says, ah, don't worry about it. You were just human. God understands the heart. You know, all you got to do is just believe in Jesus Christ and everything is okay because you have eternal security. Absolutely not. Jesus said, if you love me, okay, if you love me, keep, keep my commandments. I don't care what this flesh is telling me. I love the Lord Jesus Christ. So guess what Cynthia is going to do? And I pray that you do as well. Keep his commandments. So, so is it possible? Because I have to keep asking this. Okay. Is it possible to go and sin no more? When you try to live this life of overcoming sin, guess what's going to happen? Quickly, you will find that it is easier said than done. Despite our good intentions, okay, we fall and fall and fall again. And the reason why we keep falling, because we think Jesus is playing, okay? We think God is playing. He ain't playing, you playing, okay? You playing. We need to repent and stop sinning. And make a conscious decision. You know what? I'm not doing it anymore. And the reason why we keep falling. Listen, I'm the first to raise my hand. The reason why I kept falling is because I gave into the desire that that entered this little pea brain of mine. And I thought, yeah, it'll be a good idea if I go over there and sleep with that man. Yeah, it'll be a good idea if, if, I, if I smoke this blunt for the day. Yeah, it'd be a good idea if if I don't know how to cover up this body and put some clothes on. Yeah, so that's why I kept falling and falling and falling again because I wasn't listening. I wasn't listening to John 14, 15 when Jesus said, you love me. You love me, right? You love me. Then do what I tell you to do. Now, that's my paraphrase for that because he said if you love me keep my commandments that's it Jesus don't pull no punches okay he mean what he say and he say what he means Galatians 5 16 says I say then walk in the spirit and you shall not you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh okay the key the big old key is to walk in the spirit and walking in the spirit means being obedient to the Holy Spirit. Because, you know, when that temptation comes and you trying to walk right and you trying to live holy and that nanosecond of a thought comes in your head like, OK, you know what? I'm going to do it this one last time and then I'm done. And what happened? You get that check. That Holy Spirit gives you that check and like, don't do it. Don't you do it. And then when we be like, you know what? You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. I'm not doing it. That's called walking in the spirit. Amen. 
because we obeyed the prompting of the Holy Spirit when he said, no, uh-uh, nah, uh put the phone down, turn on, the, if you got to turn on the TV, turn it on, but I prefer you to go open up the Bible. Okay, so when we constantly live like that, doing that, that means that we are walking in obedience to the Holy Spirit. So if we do just that, okay, then it is written quite clearly what will happen. Okay, because when we walk in the spirit and not after the flesh, we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. It is. Let me tell you. God is, he is so purposeful and he is so smart for the lack of a better word. Okay. He is so smart. He already told us how this is going to go down. You know what I mean? It says that. Yeah. Cause look back up to Galatians five sixteen. I say then walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh because that's how we overcome it. Glory be to God. That is how we overcome it, by saying no to it. By saying, no, I'm going to listen to what the Holy Spirit said. Because we see in 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 10, it says, <laughs> it's, okay, hold on. It says, it says, do, it says don't you, do you not know, okay, that the unrighteous, that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither, neither fornicators, neither idolaters, nor adulterers, no effeminates, you know, that's those men who like to dress up in women's clothing and acting like they're women, they ain't getting in either, nor, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor the covetous, nor the drunkards, nor the revilers, you know, those with that slanderous tongue, they ain't getting in either. And the swindlers, you know, them con men, they will not inherit the kingdom of God. So when you are participating in any of that or or any of the works of the flesh that Paul lists in Galatians uh, five is like 17 of them plus because at the end of the scripture it says and like these so that means that uh, it, this is this is not the full list okay and when we say no to all of that and we walk in the spirit guess what's going to happen the lust of the flesh will not be fulfilled and if we don't fulfill the lust of the flesh aka the temptation to sin, then we haven't sinned. Glory be to God. Now try doing that every day, each and every day. And I'm telling you, I'm a witness over time. It does get a little easier. Why? Because we are practicing it. And I told you, God is so purposeful. He He already tells us what the formulas are to the whole key to all of this flesh and sin business, because he says that when you submit to me, guess guess what's going to happen? The devil's going to flee. He says, resist. And this is what this scripture is telling us to resist the devil. Say, no, I ain't doing it. I'm not sleeping around. I'm not masturbating anymore. I'm not sleeping with the same sex. I'm not sleeping with the opposite sex. I'm resisting. I'm pushing it away. I got my hand out. I'm like, talk to the hand. 
Talk to the hand. I ain't doing it. And so now I'm going to submit. Glory be to God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I am going to submit to God. I'm going to submit to his spirit. And guess what's going to happen? The devil will flee. That sin will not be committed that day. Amen. So let's see. In closing, okay. In closing, it is easy, okay, to come up with a myriad of reasons for why it is impossible to go and sin no more. You can think that Jesus was speaking specifically to the woman in question and specifically about adultery. You you can think that if you want to, okay? Or you can say that, you know, he only said it to teach the Pharisees a lesson and that how he didn't even mean that, okay? All right, okay, <laughs> you are deceived, okay? Or you can even say that, you know, that he didn't mean it as a as an exhortation. No, he was just trying, you know. Our no, it's, uh, I said um, that to uh, to just try our hardest until we inevitably fail. No, because you know some people think that no, Jesus didn't say this, you know, as an exhortation. No, he was just saying, you know what. Try your level best, okay? And because I know eventually you're going to fail anyway, but you know what? Give it the old college try. Absolutely not. No, okay? The fact is this, okay? Jesus didn't say any of those things. What he said was, I got my trumpet out. He said, go and sin no more. Point blank, period, end of story. Okay, he wasn't making any analogies. He wasn't trying to get back at the Pharisees. He wasn't saying, you know what, try it and see if it works. If it don't, you know, hey, you only human. Absolutely not. No, he said, go and sin no more. So imagine for a second that Jesus knew exactly how things were going to go down. Imagine he knew. Okay, he knew that his words would be recorded and shared and preached among the believers for 2,000 years after the fact. Imagine he chose to say, go and sin no more because his intention was just that, that we should go and sin no more. Because you see, people think Jesus is playing. They be, they be trying all these little word games. You know what I mean? They just be trying to come up with all kind of, you know, sayings about, well, he really didn't mean that. No, he meant it. And he meant all of it. When he said, go and sin no more, that's exactly what it meant. Not once, not a single time. No, he meant that uh, to go when sin comes your way and that temptation comes, uh uh-uh. Just say no to it. And he didn't mean just that woman, okay? Because some people like, no, he was only just talking to her. You know, it's, it's, all, it's, all, it's all semantics. You know, he, would, he really didn't mean us. He was, he was just talking to her. No, what you need to do is repent and come out of your sins. No, okay? He meant this for all of us, all of his believers. The Bible isn't meant 
And this is the close. Okay. The Bible isn't meant to be cut apart and examined and explained and interpreted. It is meant to be read and obeyed. Okay. Study the word of God. Yes. In our teachings. Yes. We can rightly divide the scriptures and yes, we can, you know, um, um, parallel read. We can do all that. But at the end of the day, the bottom line is that the Bible is to be read, studied and obeyed. So what does it say? What does it say? It says exactly what it means. The Bible actually, actually says what it means. The Bible is the word of God written by God fearing men inspired by God through the Holy Spirit. There's nothing, there's nothing there that shouldn't be there. God knew what he was doing. Exactly. Exactly. So there we have it, folks. Is it possible to go and sin no more? Did Jesus really mean what he said to go and sin no more? Or was he just only talking to that woman? Or was he only trying to throw it back up in the Pharisees' faces? No. Just like he said it to her, he's saying this to us today. Resist the devil. Say no to the flesh. Say no to those desires and passions and lusts and temptations. Say no. Shut it down. Because you see, you are going to have to want to shut it down. Okay, because see, in this kingdom, right, Holy Spirit, in this kingdom, this is how we do it over here. We don't go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, playing with sin. Once you in, you in. Okay, and Jesus expects us to pick up our cross daily. That means, <laughs> I'm about to say something crazy. No. It means to shut this flesh down, shut it down and say, no, I'm trying to get my hips back home. I'm trying to get back to the father. Okay. Because like I tell everybody, like I tell everybody, okay, it is appointed once for man to die. And then the judgment people, people. We aren't going to live forever. One day we will drop this bodysuit and we will meet the living God. Now, your choice, how that audience, how that meeting is going to go down. Is it going to go down with you hearing? Well done, my good and faithful servant into the kingdom that my father has created for you since the since the foundation of the world or are you going to hear um no Jesus his name her name ain't written in the book of life and he's going to be like off to the lake of fire you go so no absolutely not sin is not worth it i'm telling you it may look good it may feel good and you may think that, you know what, I can just do it one last time. But for the fact we don't know when our appointment okay, will show up on God's calendar, that that moment, that time, that second is your day to meet the judge. OK, and you playing around in that sin. OK, you ain't going to make it. 
You ain't going to make it. I'm not going to make it if I keep playing around with this sin. But we got to get serious. Jesus is on his way back. He says, he told me to tell him that he is coming and his wrath, uh, that his reward is with him. And that reward is his wrath against those who rejected him, who said no to his free gift of eternal life. Because you see, it's going to come a time when the door to the ark is closed. There will be no more second chances. So why now get in on the ground floor while you are still living and breathing in this moment and have a moment of clarity and be like, you know what? No, it ain't worth it. I don't care how fine he looks. It ain't worth it. Because let me tell you, eternity is forever. Forever means forever. Ain't nobody got time for hell. And ain't nobody got time for that lake of fire. Because you see, while you are burning your heels in hell, being tormented, okay? Okay? Guess what's going to happen? Eventually, the last judgment is around the corner. Okay, that great white throne judgment where when God will resurrect your body up out of hell. Okay, and when you stand before the Lord Jesus Christ, and then that's where it's going to be determined that your name is not written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Okay, and you get tossed into the lake of fire, and guess what? Hell itself. Okay, hell itself will also be lifted up and tossed into the lake of fire. So come on, come on. We got to pull this together. We got to pull this together because we don't know when we're going to die. And you don't want to be caught in the middle of your sin. Okay. Okay. And Jesus come to call him. Amen. And with that, I love you all. Be well, stop sinning, repent and turn back to God. And Lord willing, I'll speak to you all soon. Bye for now. Thank you guys for tuning in. I truly appreciate all your support. Until next time, I'll be talking to y'all soon. Bye.